tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. Uh, straight out of France, apparently, <laughs> plays pro ball in France. Uh, Xavier Guerrero. It's the only place Mexicans can play with yeah. a short. You're like seven foot in France, <laughs> and on the ones and two, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. Is that a thing? Are French people short? I no, know. I don't know. I just I'm oh. just riffing. It's okay. yes and <laughs> guys, you know what the new thing I'm gonna demand you guys take improv classes so you can be better co host. I, I think you may need to take improv classes. Yes and is supposed to be something that kinda of makes sense, you know, not just nonsense. No. This show is all about the nonsense. From a guy who's whose big improv on Punch Drunk yesterday was what was it, feline upper karate? Yeah. 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 For F U C feline yeah. upper karate. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of F U C, I am going to be at the fuck house in San Diego. This weekend, come and check me out. I will be there. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, you can find out where tickets are. Uh, if you want to see me live after that, the following weekend, April 22nd, 23rd, 24th, I am at the House of Comedy in Arizona. And then the week after, I am in Indianapolis at Helium's. That is, I believe, the 28th, 29th, and May 1st. I think that is the date. Yes, it goes all the way to May 1st. Perfect, dude. All those tickets are available at samtriplee.com. Okay? Uh, Xavier Guerrero, are you uh, proud to announce that you are now available on Rockfin? Rockfin! R O K F I N. Here's the thing about Rockfin $10. You get everybody's content, you get We Don't Smoke the Same. Uh, the first uh, early, uh, early, yeah, broken early sim. unedited uh, broken simulation. Broken simulation. My new show, the greatest of all time. Johnny and myself. You get zero. My spiritual podcast, and possibly coming up, you'll get Tim Fall Hat on there as well. Listen, if you only want Tim Fall, so that's all I'm Rockfin. If you only want Tim Fall Hat and you only want zero, you can actually get it at samtriplee.com as well. I have premium content on there, so you never have to worry about any kind of uh, censorship, dude, at all. Patreon.com slash Broken Simulation. Yeah, go to Patreon. I mean, dude, it's all over the place. You can grab premium content everywhere. If you don't get enough of us, you can grab premium content all of Rockfin, SamTriplee.com, or Patreon. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club, that's available on Patreon and Rockfin as well. So go check that out on uh, myself and Brian Callen. Uh, what else we got? T-shirts. You can get them at samtriplee.com or you can go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. We have the brand new, di oh, I can't say the word, Careful. the brand new down to rock and roll shirts. Da -da -da. Is, this, is this more of this famous improv that yeah. you learned at a school? Yeah. That you yeah. learned at a school? That's what I'm saying. Like my kids say, da-da-da-da, okay? 
That is da 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 da. Just go to tinfoiltshirts.com. You got the most evil kingdom on the planet. That's t-shirt. a good one. Yeah, the evil kingdom. Right? How are those moving? Are those moving? Those, those are, cool are moving. I like those. Yeah, they're moving. Okay, you can go grab them there, and that's it. Anything else? Oh, that's it. That's okay, let's go. Big announcement, guys. We're making a big announcement. We're proud to announce we're about 60 episodes away from 500, right? So I was just at the Kill Tony 500 episode. I go, we got to do this too. So basically, we're going to do the math. I think it works out to late November, early December. We will be having the big 500th tinfoil hat t- t- uh, 500 tinfoil hat episode live in Las Vegas, everybody. Live in Las Vegas. Woo! Johnny, XG, myself, and who knows what guests will go on there. So what I'm thinking, guys, I just want to spitball out loud. Daytime podcast. So you go to Vegas, right? You want to hang out at the pool. During the day, you hang out at the pool. Then the next thing you do, around 3 or 4 p.m., we'll have uh, our live podcast there. Everyone's welcome to join us. Then you go back. You go grab some dinner. You eat. And then around 8 p.m., we'll do a live stand-up show. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. Okay? What do you guys think? I'm down. It's going to be great. Breaking news. Breaking news. Be playing in Vegas. Do we know when? Do we have an idea of the month yet? Yeah, we're thinking November. like like, November, like the exact late. like. You thinking like late November? Or we're about sixty episodes away. We do two a week. That is what thirty weeks. Okay. Four. I mean, so I don't know what thirty weeks from now is because some <laughs> weeks, some months have five. But you know, I'm thinking around November. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Johnny, we got to hit up some open mics. Well, we also have to figure oh. out how we're going to record live. So that's a big thing. We got to find a record yeah, studio. Get, this is a pretty mobile setup here. All right. So right. that's what we're going to do. Or we can just sit on stage with microphones and so on record through the sound box. Yeah, that would be great, too. That would yeah. be a lot easier. So there'll be the three of us. Maybe we'll get off the grid to show up. That's say great. hi. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Have, uh, you know, maybe EB showing up. A couple get. Ga- oh. You know? That'd be. St- yeah, and I maybe don't think handle it. AJ. Oh, what if we did a big announcement on the Mount Everest or Ooh. excuse me, the Mount yeah, Rushmore? Oh, we have four of them just sitting on stage like they're the Mount. Yeah, that would be great. We'll have the Mount Rushmore announcement Assemble that day, too. I think that's a T-shirt. We'll see, dude. We'll see. But the, whoever's performing on the Mount. On the, on the yeah. Teachers. Oh, dude, you should do one every year. End of the year, you do like 2021, it says, and then a picture, like a Mount Rushmore Photoshop with the faces from that. Yeah, year. yeah, That's yeah, amazing. yeah. We'll announce the 2021 yeah. Mount Rushmore. I'm excited. At the Swarmies, right? <sighs> should we have the Swarmies that day? <laughs> no, yeah, why not, man? Blow it out, dude. Blow it out. Have three different shows. Have a stand up. Have a live podcast. A stand up. Uh, an award show, and then have a, a stand up show. I think award show at the end. Yeah, that's how you end it. Or yeah, we yeah. make it a two day event, and we have one day is a podcast and award show, and then the next day is a stand up show. Can we cross book with the AVNs, please? Uh, that would be cool, Johnny. I like your thinking. Get some, you guys. I mean, I, I used to go to AVNs all the time, dude. It's just like it's a bunch of chicks and then dudes in wheelchairs. That's all it is. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's the big announcement. 
We will be doing a 500th. Uh, I saw how Kill Tony killed it, so I would like to do it and just get all the swarm. You know, we'll do. We'll actually have like maybe a, a private party for the premium content people to sit around, right? Maybe get maybe everybody gets a lap dance from their favorite co-host. I don't know. <laughs> we'll throw it out there, dude. Who knows? I don't know, but uh, we're super excited. Uh, I can't believe we're almost at 500. We'll be doing a broken simulation from the bathroom of Caesar's yeah, Palace. Yeah, for sure. Johnny's going to be losing a lot of money that weekend. Oh, that'd be a great episode to do goats, too, right there in the, with yeah. all the fucking TV. Make yeah, some yeah, bets. yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to do every episode all the time, every time, every, uh, everywhere. But that's the big show. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for supporting us. You know, we can't future trip. Who knows what the, what the future holds. But as of right now, that is our plan. And we're going to stick to it. And so we'll give you everything. Just plan around, you know, late November, early December, trying to set it up. Okay. So love you guys very much. Uh, this is a banger. Yes. This is a banger. Enjoy it. All right. Let's get into it. Super excited to have our returning champion. He's He was on... He's on this podcast. He was on uh, Zero, and I'm excited to have him back. Uh, his podcast is called Skeptico. Please welcome Alice Sikaris. How are you, brother? Dude, you totally nailed that last name. Bam, it's like the dude. Old country dude, look at that. You know what made that even better? That smile. Look at those teeth, dude. Do you, <laughs> do you ever see coffee ever? Those are the uh, whitest yeah. teeth I've ever seen. I'm so jealous. They're not only no, white. I just got back. Straight. I just got back from the dock. Three freaking cavities. I'm like, you know, and and I'm off the fluoride. So the first thing he goes, he goes, "Are you, are you doing the fluoride?" I'm like, "No." Okay, I'm drilling, man. I'm drilling. Ah, uh, dude, I quite get a second opinion, dude. I'm telling you, man. My dentist paid his mortgage off by drilling holes in my teeth when I was a kid. Because when I left, I never had another cavity. Ever in my life. It's a scam. I think Dude, it's a this scam. thing looks like I like this thing. My mouth looked like it was like an L.A. back alley with all the potholes they drilled in and had to fill in. I mean, just black teeth all the way back. You He's need, like, you need a gold tooth. We need to get that done. I do need a gold tooth, bro. Well, it sounds like they just filled the every grill. tooth, so there's nowhere left for the cavities to. to He's pop like, up. yeah, we filled everything. You're good to go. Your mouth is perfect. <laughs> Your mouth is just one filling. My mom's like, why? My, I don't think my brother had one. I think uh, I had you them could all. Bring, you could you could bring the grill back. You know whatever happened to the grill? That was like, where did that go? Jason Rouse, my friend, still wears a grill, and then afterwards you see <laughs> him like good. you see him like take it out, like he's spitting like his oh. dentures out. I'm like, bro, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> Alex, what's new? For those who don't, don't remember you from your very very uh, popular no. appearances, w- w- tell no, them a little bit no, about you, no. your podcast, no. your hopes. Your dreams, no, your thoughts on Mexicans. No, I will, <laughs> I will not. I will not because I have to tell you that I am deep, deep into the zero cult. <laughs> I am, bro. Leveraging death against life. Yeah, come this on. This is the latest thing. This is like, bro, that is like so deep. It's like I've been doing this thing for years. Where was that before? You could yeah. have shaved. What's your other one? I just ran across you there. We, you know, understanding the conspiracy before we can let go of it and get to zero. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who's doing the, the cult propaganda literature for the zero cult. But they need a pay raise, man. It's so next Keep level. Going, I'm serious. Dude. Have we ever done an episode where a guest just 
totally makes me feel better about myself. You know? And you got their name right? Yeah. I mean, hey. today's the day. Today's the day everything changes. I'm with you. That was a Birch Driver. If you want to listen to uh, that episode, it's on Zero, and it's one of the few that I've made for free that you don't have to subscribe to the channel. You can watch it for free. And it once you listen to that episode... Uh, you really start to see how the game that's being played on both of on both sides, whether you're conservative or you are liberal, the game that's being played to you, the leverage, a uh, scarcity of whatever you care about, and uh, whether it's death, whether it's opportunity, whether it's your right to carry arms, whether any of this stuff, it is all meant to uh, get you afraid and to beg for somebody to come save you and you know it's like as soon as i saw the joe biden stuff with the with the home guns or whatever he's doing which is already a, a law in california of course i ran i'm a big member of uh, guns owners of america i i uh, send them a donation every month and uh, i up my donation so you know in that aspect that that worked right they got me scared enough to up <laughs> yeah. my up up my donation and uh, that's what's constantly, constantly being done. And it was a great episode. And I know Birch and I were both kind of weirded out by the, not weirded out, but both of us felt like we hadn't done our best on his first ap- appearance on uh, Tim Foyle. So it was great to have him back. And it was great to have a really good discussion. And to me, it's a life changing, like, paradigm that he suggests and when you think about it, it really makes sense so yeah i'm with you dude on that one well you know one of the things you just said that i think is really interesting and like there's a whole bunch of stuff i want to talk to you about from the zero cult i want to be a field reporter from the zero cult make it happen a bro. Field reports for you make it happen but bro then i was listening to the show uh just recently with jay dreyer and i got i got kind of pissed off I mean, I love Jay. I've had him on my show. He always brings a ton of new information. But the guy's a Christian, right? Yeah. And I always wonder with Christians, when they're talking about the cult, it's like we're talking about occult and occult practice and satanic. And we all get that. Right. But you don't think you're complicit in that? You don't see Christianity as being, we got a pedo pope and you can't distance yourself from that shit completely. You don't see yourself as part in some way of that whole, you know, dichotomy, like you're saying, this left, right, kind of, oh, you know, two extremes. I don't know. To me, bro, again, it's back to zero. No, we're not trying to, we're trying to get to zero. We're trying to get to understanding it so we can move past it not yeah here's the other tell me so tell me what you think of this right leveraging death against life what has been the number one go-to play in the christian playbook this is bread and butter uh, pick and roll brady to gronk fear (laughs) fear 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 death right that's Christianity. That's what they've always sold us. And now you're going to separate yourself from that and say, oh, no, we're so different. I don't know. Well, you know, it's very interesting. What I will say is I think there's that Christians and Catholics see themselves as two different things. And I'm no. not I'm not but I'm How? not I'm not arguing with you on here. I'm just I'm just stating that what I understand. Our last guest was like very much what you're talking about. And again, I let I, people come on the show. I, I My whole Our whole way of interviewing here is, for this hour, we're going to assume whatever you're saying is true. You are allowed 
to say what you've researched, what you believe, and then let the, you know, God have mercy on your soul with the swarm. Whatever, if you fake the <laughs> funk on a nasty dunk, you're going to hear it. And there have been guests that don't like it and they block us and they no longer want to be our friends. And that's just the way it is because I'm not. You know, like a lot of people always ask me how much research you do on the show. Well, I stopped doing research because I felt I drove the interview to where I wanted it to go. And I didn't want that. I want to know what you are saying. And again, like my whole thing with this show is pick and choose what works for you. Click whatever clicks in your puzzle. Keep that piece and uh, leave the rest. And, you know, on the last one, it's like they're pretty convinced it's only Jesus and you know, Jesus seems to be a consistent theme in a lot of these. I mean, even if you go into Islam, Judaism, it's like, where does Jesus stand in all that? So, I mean, I have no problems with that. But I get really, I, I for me personally, this is not about guests, but for me personally, I, I, have, I, I get red flags when anybody's like, I know what's right. They don't know what's right. Because if you do this long enough, what you learn is you don't know what the fuck is right. I mean, you have the best you could do is like, if you're asking me what I think it might be, this one. If you're asking me what it is, I can't help you on that. And anybody who tells you that is is full of it, in my humble opinion. I mean, it's like to the best of my ability. This is what I, I, I believe. And what I do believe is the one constant thing we hear in every one of these things is it's all about love, right? That's what I hear. Everybody says it. Whether you're coming from a Christian place, a woo-woo place, uh, you know. And I just want to say this. I would love to have someone from Islam on the show. I, have, I would love to interview them. I, all are welcome to the show. On Zero, I had an atheist. All are welcome. I want everybody's voice to be heard. Uh, I am not into picking and choosing. Uh, you know, when the show started earlier, I had a Satanist on. Uh, now, in my opinion, Satanists are just theater nerd dorks <laughs> trying to act fucking cool to try to get goth chicks who work at fucking Hot Topic in the mall <laughs> and try to get some ass off that. So that's kind of my whole thing. But in the end of the day, I don't necessarily uh, want to pick and choose who does what in terms of Jay Dyer? I mean, I, I I love the connections he makes, and it's great. And yes, you know, no doubt. So it's so weird. It's like, you know, it's just I just like, and I'm also in a weird place where I've just dealt with a lot of shit in the internet right now, and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna fucking kung fu this shit. I mean, we were talking about it on the podcast the other day after how you can be a full on Christian but don't believe that it's flat. That was a weird moment. It was too. just so, yeah. Those, like, you know, moments again, like that I don't, don't yeah. want to disrespect. I, I'm not here to, you know, say, but, you know, a teacher, I mean, like, good luck finding someone that doesn't have a little bit of, like, okay, I, I don't understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, I mean, with me, I go, okay, that probably comes off as hypocritical. That's life, man. You know, that's kind of life. But for me, man, the constant is that love, love is everything. And. With anything other than that, and Don, zero, zero. It really is zero. I, I love the name. You know, once we hit a hundred and four episodes, I'm gonna re be releasing audio for free off that down the line, so people can hear it. I just want to be one year ahead, so uh, you're always just a little bit ahead, so people can, you know. So yeah. So if you're out there thinking about signing up, wait, just wait. You can. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get way behind, that's fine. <laughs> 
But if you want to get, you know, the new, I mean, because it's just like, you know, it just like zero came at a time when I was very, I, like, I just had kids. I needed to like, I, got, I had to like pay bills and it was a blessing and it has saved my life. I mean, it has saved me from the insanity of this last year. I mean, if people don't see what's going on right now, I mean, getting kicked off Twitter is probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me because what I get to do, dude, it's still there. The, the, the Twitter account's there. I go on and I see it. I feel like Bruce Willis from Sixth Sense where I'm like, hey, I'm here. But nobody sees me interacting, <laughs> right? So I'm just – and it's the best thing because I can't tee off on somebody I don't like. I can just sit there. But I stay away from that trending section. You know what it say? Yeah, what's happening? Oh. That is a that is a big news today that the bachelor one of the bachelors came out as gay so there you oh, go that's wow. what they want oh. you to know about that's and it's just all pro dude dude the what's happening section of Twitter is straight up propaganda that's it man hey but the swarm does miss you on Twitter though. I don't well, know if you've I, noticed. There have been a lot of, hey, where's Sam? Oh, where's yeah. fucking... I get a lot well, of how can dragging. I see it? I know. I can't. I, I, I see it. They I'm Bruce Willis. I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> if you want to ask me where Sam is, uh, I'm at Johnny Woodard on Twitter. Just check it out there. So. <clears> Thank you, John. I will tell you all about where Sam Thank is. you, John. You guys should tweet about the new episode. Okay, today's show is brought to you by Lucy Nicotine, everybody. A company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better, cleaner, nicotine alternative. Okay? Okay, finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck the fat one, okay? Research developed for three, three years to be made for people, not patients, okay? Lucy has created nicotine gum that, with four milligrams of nicotine that come in many different flavors. Wintergreen, cinnamon, polygranate. Pomegranate. Pomegranate. There we go. Lucy also has lozenges. Lozenges. Oh, you got it right that time, dude. Dude, I love it, dude. With four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Okay? You want it. You got it. All right? Each and every flavor actually tastes great. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere. On flights, at work, on the go, or even at the gym. Okay? So here's what we're doing. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gun, okay? This is the real deal. Get some lunges too, okay? A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. So this is what you're going to do. For the tinfoil hat listeners, good morning, swarm, okay? <laughs> Go to lucy.co, C-O, and use the promo code Tin foil to get 20% off of all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Okay. Lucy.co and use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. Okay. I also have to give this disclaimer. Warning. The product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is a addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code TINFOIL. But yeah. back to what I'm talking about. Alex, uh, you know, I mean, for back those to, back to hold on, hold on. So, so a little bit of light and love, right? Because the, 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 when I say I'm in the zero cult, what I understand the zero cult to be is that you have to kind of cross the river of shit in order to get to the light and love. Yeah, you got to be willing. You got to be willing to do that. But once you do, you leave the shit behind. You get back to zero. So. I got a field report. I'm calling this a field report from the zero cult. Oh, I love it. So 
I interviewed this guy, and you might have heard of this guy. He is the the G, the original OG of near-death experience research. And, you know, the reason I think near-death experience research is so uh just uh, maybe maybe a way into understanding this is because now you got that wacky brain out of the way. And, you know, from a scientific standpoint, that's just a fact. And people that don't understand that don't know the science of it. But the brain is out of the way. So this guy, I mean, he is University of Virginia. Let, let me, you know, clinical chief, chief of psychiatry at Virginia, uh, professor of neuroscience behavior, University of Michigan, University of Connecticut, uh, Symposium United Nations, distinguished like this guy is like credentialed out the yazoo. Here's the story. Here's the marinara story. He is a young buck just out of medical school. So he's doing his internship and he's there in the cafeteria eating the marinara and the fork <laughs> goes to his mouth. And this is old day. The but the pager beeper on his belt goes off and it vibrates and he drops the fork and bam, the marinara splatters onto his tie. So <laughs> he's working psychiatric like emergency, which at a hospital, particularly in a college town, is kids who are suicidal, right, are, are coming in suicide overdose. So he has to get on the thing, you know, so he kind of puts on the white lab, you know, medical coat covers up his tie, goes in there to see this girl. So he goes in and the, he goes to the guy who's watching over her, you know, and says, hey, you know, and she goes, no, man, she's been out. So he goes over there, he leans over, he goes, Holly, you know, and she's like completely out. And he takes her pulse, does what he's supposed to, and he walks down the hall to see the person who has admitted her, brought her into the hospital. And it's her roommate in college. They're like freshmen, sophomores, young kids, you know. So <laughs> this is a detail of the story. It turns out to be important. It's burning hot in there. It's Virginia. They don't have any AC. He has to unbutton the coat a little bit, and he sits down. And he goes, okay. You know, what happened to your friend? You know, is she doing drugs? What kind of drugs do you think she's doing? You know, all the rest of that stuff. And, you know, like kind of gets a story and goes, okay, you know, go ahead, honey, go home and rest and stuff like that. So then he goes and he crashes, and he, but he has to get up first thing in the morning because he's got to get this case together because he's going to be presenting it to his bosses. You know, I mean, Grayson at this point is, is a, he's an intern. He's right out of medical school. This is way back in the day. So he goes in to see Holly, and he leans over and he goes, Hi, Holly, I'm Dr. Grayson. And she kind of is, you know, in and out of it. She goes, yeah, I remember you from yesterday. And suddenly he's like, what do you mean? And so he's thinking, you know, but, you know, these psychiatrists, they got to think one thing and say another. So he says, you know, he's kind of playing it cool. He goes, oh, gee, that's funny. I thought you were uh, asleep. And she goes, oh, no, I didn't see you here. I saw you down the hall talking to my friend. And he's like, whoa, how could she, how could she, you know, can't, impossible, you know, maybe, you know, one of the interns said something, I don't know, and she goes, well, you know, he, so again, he's playing it cool, he goes, well, yeah, that's interesting, you know, did somebody tell you that I met with Susan, because I did, she seems really nice, she goes, no, I, I saw you down there, you had that striped tie with a big stain on it, now oh, he literally oh my God. He's freaking out. I mean, this is a, like, this is mild stuff, right? That's why I told you, this is a blue belt story. This yeah. is not a black, <laughs> no. this is not black belt. This is, this is good belt. Whatever belt it is, I'm great with. 
No, man. It's solid blue belt. We've heard this shit a thousand times, but I want you to know who it's coming from. This guy doesn't make shit up. You know what I mean? This guy is 50 years into this propelled his research for 40 years into near-death experience science because when when that happened to him, not he heard the story, it happened to him. And he did the hair on the back of the neck stand up and go, Whoa, everything I thought I knew about life and death, leveraging death against life, scaring the shit out of people, all that's over, man. All that's changed. Holly went to the other side. Holly came back. She didn't need to commit suicide. She didn't need to have that fear of death because 95%, some some outrageous statistic, like 90% of those people, and they ask them, they come back from that, and they go, the one thing I'm sure of is I do not fear death because it's not the end. So I, this I love here, this, dude. Uh, by the way, I'm all about this man and this is like such an important episode man and i know we've talked a little bit about that i guess on zero but i mean i am trying to tell people man the leveraging of death against the the scarcity of life is what they're doing right now with this vaccine and all that shit and you know if you want to get a vaccine i'm not saying you shouldn't man but these vaccine cards, they lead to they lead to something way more darker, man. And it's just when you when you really st- I wish everybody and I know probably on this show, it's not that hard of a nudge to get you to do it to study near death after death experiences. And it will change your life on how everything goes, man. And you can study it, too. I mean, you can. So this guy, he's got a new book out, you know, bestseller and all that kind of stuff. And you can go buy the book. Very inspirational. But you can also go online. You can read these accounts. And it's just people saying, this is what happened to me. And after you read enough of those, you're like, these people aren't making this up. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like everybody has their own journey in that after death. But they all come back with the same thing. Where we go is so much more real and loving and happy. And it's just, I mean, then you start getting, you want to talk about black belt conversations. And I think this is the most of the black belt conversation is do good things. Bad things happen to good people because they're here to learn lessons in life. And when people who are completely emotional hear that, They'll be like, well, my mom, do you think my mom, and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying anybody deserves it. I think there's, there could be something much more bigger out there that is beyond our understanding of why good things, bad, excuse me, bad things happen to good people. Hey, guys, today's episode is brought to you by... Blue Chew! That's right. American boners for American men, for American ladies, or your DL on the side, okay? Because we don't judge here, all right? Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable or snortable form, and it's fraction for a fraction of the cost. Johnny, I've done it, okay? Stop judging me. I don't say anything I haven't done, and I've done Gackers of Blue Chew. We that- are not recommending that you do Gackers of Blue Chew on this podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Take it as directed. As directed. 
Unless, uh, but I can do what I want, yeah. and that snorted. In high school, I snorted nerds. Okay, For any attorneys listening out there, though, we're very specifically saying don't snort. Blizzard. Don't snort it. Chew it. But if you want to watch me one time, if you're a young lady, you want to watch me snort some blue chew. Let me know. Blue chew tablets help men achieve harder, stronger ah, erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Okay. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visiting the doctors, okay? No awkward conversations, waiting in the line at the pharmacy. There's nothing worse than that, right? You're like, oh, dude, this chick's hot. Oh, she's getting, oh, what's she getting? I don't need to know about that. And she doesn't need to know I can't get She turns around and she has a a sore on her lip the size of Texas. And you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst, dude. That's the worst. But you don't have to worry about now with Blue Chew because they'll send it right to your house. That's so simple. The process is simple. Sign up a Blue Chew, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Online! Don't have to worry about that weird shit unless you're online into weird shit, right? Johnny, we don't judge here, okay? No. Don't like to swallow pills? Not a problem here. Unless you're ladies, you better be swallowing, okay? Blue Chew. <laughs> Blue Chew. Okay. Sildil Adelaphine. Phil and Tada La Phil. Okay, tablets. I'm sure that's right. A turbo. That's what it is, Johnny. Okay, Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA. USA! USA! And they are prepared and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy, okay? So it's real simple. It's real simple. Just visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We got a special deal for the listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping, okay? That's BlueChew.com, promo code TINFOIL to receive your first month free. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this show and loving America. Well, you know, here's the other black belt part of this a story that I wanted to tell you, because I interpret black belt the way you use it, and I always call it level three, but it's the same kind of thing. It doesn't mean to me necessarily super sensational. It means back again, walking through that river of shit, <laughs> which is conspiracy, which is conspiracy, because if you do not understand conspiracy, you cannot get through this. So I love this guy, Bruce Grayson. He's fantastic. But man, I held his feet to the fire. He don't get it. He does not like so many of these people in academia. He doesn't realize when he's being played. And it's like, yeah, have you ever heard of the term uh, Stockholm syndrome? Yeah, of course. I, we, yeah, we, yeah. we have it on a national level. <laughs> exactly. Right? Well, so you go into academia and it's all over the place. So I'll tell you this. So Bruce Grayson, again, ultimate respect for this guy and what he's done. But in this interview, I started pushing him because I've done this near-death experience research science stuff a lot for years and years and interviewed a lot of these people. And I said, Bruce, I said, I interviewed Carolyn Watt, Dr. Carolyn Watt, a few years ago. And she wrote a paper. Well, what's the name of this paper? I got to pull this up. There's nothing paranormal about near-death experiences, how neuroscience can explain seeing bright lights, meeting the dead, or being convinced you are one of them. So, okay, standard skeptical bullshit that we'd right. expect from right. science. Right. That we, no, hold up. She is the head of the parapsychology department at the University University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Love the accent, but check this out. Now, and this is some kind of (laughs) weird stuff. 
parapsychology is supposed to be the investigation of like ESP, telepathy, that kind of stuff. So you immediately you'd be like, huh, why is she being, you know, super skeptical on the NDE stuff? Well, here's first first degree black belt. They took that department in Edinburgh, one of the few that are actually set up with whole departments for that, and they switched it around. They changed the script. They changed it from let's investigate ESP and parapsychology to, gee, why do people believe weird things? Why yes. do people believe that, right? Right. right? I get <clears throat> that totally, man. So she writes this article. So I had her on. And, you know, a lot of people hate on me. A lot of people hate on me for doing these confrontational interviews. I don't see myself as confrontational. I just had Carolyn Watt on and just asked her directly. I said, you misquoted your primary source in this, Dr. Pin Von Lommel, who completely disagrees with you. You misquoted this reference. You didn't cite this study. You didn't cite this study. And eventually... I, I, I did kind of beat her down for like an hour. But you know, what, you know what she said eventually? Eventually she said this. I got to pull up this exact quote because this still blows me away. Where is it? Dr. Carolyn Watt. I had to look this up from the interview. Uh, <clears throat> this is after an hour of our beatdown. As I said, this is regarding her paper, her total bullshit paper, which, by the way, got pipelined, streamed through the hokey uh, peer review process and made its way on every science website. You know, it was just trumpeted all over the place like this is some big news kind of thing. As I said, the paper was intended to be provocative. I'm not claiming it was balanced. Oh, my God. Now, in the context of this is a peer-reviewed scientific paper by somebody who's the head of this department, and they're they're I didn't intend it to be balanced. I mean, this isn't you know uh, uh, I don't know Buzzfeed. No, dude, this it, isn't it, is the academia version of clickbait, right? Exactly. She's exactly. trying to get clicks on this, so that. It, that's all it is to put it out to say I wanted it to be provocative means your mission isn't to, you know, exactly to to uh, educate or allow people to understand your research. Your 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 goal is to elicit a response. You're not an honest broker. And the whole idea of science is that we all have to be honest brokers in this thing. You know, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. As, as a practice, if we aren't honest brokers. And that, that just tells you right away she's not. So, Alex, it, it, very early into uh, Tim Fall, I'd say like the first year, maybe year and a half, uh, we, when we were at the old studio in uh, at ATC, I had a gentleman on the show. I forget what his name is, but he was uh, a former uh, British intelligence officer, and he, he labeled himself as a UFO expert. Oh, I right? remember this one. You were there for that, yeah, right? of course. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh... Right? So basically within two, five minutes of interviewing this guy, I've come to the, the belief he doesn't believe UFOs exist, which, is, which means his label that he calls himself is completely disingenuous, that he just basically, and I have no problems with him coming back on the show and de debating me with it. It's one of the few times I've pushed back pretty hard on this show, and that he goes to UFO conferences... And he basically tells these people, oh, it's not real. And now we look back at what, like, the CIA and all these stuff, and we can get into the argument of why they're releasing all this data, proves him to be completely wrong. 
Well, Sam, I'm an Easter Bunny expert, so uh, yeah, right. if you want to interview me, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, and it's just like, it's so disingenuous, and these are agents uh, of chaos, agent provocateurs. They're infiltrating stuff, and it happens all the time, man. And, you know, okay. I, I get guests on here, and it's like, I have a booker. I, I want him to vet people to the best of his ability, and he does a great job on it. But occasionally, you know, for some reason for this show that... It's like a lot of people's radars, man, and they want to get on it because the swarm's very powerful force. And some of, I'm sure, there's some people to get through that are just not uh, honest and come on as disingenuous. So, so, so it, it, check this out. I really want to know what you think about this because this is second second degree black belt. <laughs> so I'm talking to Grayson, and I'm telling. I, I'm relating this to Grayson because I've done these interviews with, you know, Carolyn Watt. I did another interview with another near-death experience researcher, and we kind of really pulled the paper apart and exposed it for what it is. So I'm feeding this back to Grayson because Grayson has always been Stockholm Syndrome, you know, <laughs> reluctant to kind of go there. Kind of like, well, you know, everyone has different... I'm sure she's a nice person, and, you know, it progresses one funeral at a time, and, you know, I'm sure most people are just real... You know, So I go, no, it ain't like that, dude. It's like she is your enemy. She is, uh, like you just said, she's controlled opposition. She's controlling the narrative, and he will, he will not hear it. He will not hear it. So, uh, and he just and he just kind of laughed it off too, which really kind of pissed me off because it's like it's so obvious. And so, before I go on, what do you what do you guys what do all you guys think about? Because you run into it all the time. Is the Stockholm syndrome kind of thing? Yeah. Because we're battling we're battling that too. We're battling that with the normies who are like, "Gee, golly, you just gave me a good reason to believe it." But you know, all my friends they would never do anything like that. Well, you know, Stockholm syndrome. For those who may not uh, know exactly what that is, and you're probably googling it, googling it right now, it's basically when you uh, basically a hostage begins to love their captor and they and you know we you know the famous example is patty hearst she was kidnapped by uh, i forget the name of the uh group and uh the, she the symbionese, symbionese liberation, liberation army, army. right yeah. and then she ended up joining them and robbing banks and being a part of that and that's called stockholm syndrome and we see that right now when you know i hate to say it but it's like when you saw all these you know I'm a, black people on Instagram, like there was that quartet of singers who were like, oh, Miss Harris, can we sing at your inauguration? I'm like, she's locked up more of you than anybody in the history of California. What are you talking about? And, you know, and it gets into like, I was a registered Democrat up until a year and a half ago. I was a registered Democrat, mostly out of being lazy and not wanting to just check a box when I was at the DMV. OK, but it, I was. And but I have friends of mine who are my age, maybe ten years younger, ten years over, okay, that are just liberals that I get you not liking Republicans, and I have zero problems with that, okay? Because you know, I remember Nixon, even though I wasn't around during this thing, but Nixon, Reagan, both Bushes, the Cheneys, I get that. But to sit there and still be a a Democrat after all this has happened. 
It's Stockholm syndrome. You're in Stockholm syndrome. If you're if you're a liberal and you're for the people, yet yeah, you're arguing for free trade, you got Stockholm syndrome. You really do. Or you got skin in the game and you're making money and you wanna you wanna protect your bank account over humanity. You got Stockholm Syndrome. And it's like one of the most devastating things going on in this country right now because you are you have no clue how much you love your captor. And it happens over and over and over again. And to sit there and call out Donald Trump, who I'm fine with you hating on quote unquote racism, and then go, you know, to to want to cancel somebody off a tweet they did five years ago, but then convince yourself that Joe Biden, who's still been in, uh, who has still been in Washington D.C. for forty years, and wrote a crime bill that destroyed the black community with the with poor people drug laws, is now a good guy. You got Stockholm syndrome. It's the mental gymnastics you you got to do nowadays. Like with cops right now. These people can't flip-flop whether they like cops or they don't like cops. How about this rule? Bad cops suck a dick, okay? <laughs> Good cops, let's be cool. But bad cops are really easy. Bad cops who shoot unarmed people, bad people. Cops who go and tell businesses that they got to shut down because of this bullshit COVID, bad people. When you have that line, you don't have to stretch before you think because you might pull a muscle doing this mental gymnastics you're fucking doing. I'm over it, man. Or Stockholm <laughs> Syndrome. Obama. Everyone loves Obama. Uh, same piece of shit. Mexicans love him for some reason. I'm like, do you fucking know what he did? Yeah. Yeah, he set those cages yeah. up. But no. Yeah. Right over the head. Or how about Trump's the, fact, the bad one. You know, it's like cops shooting black people. Bad. Black people shooting black people. Normal. Eh. It's like, where are you going with this, dude? It's just like, if you have a, a line... It's and you stick to that line, you're fine. If you have to, ch- if you have to look for, well, because your side's doing it, you got Stockholm syndrome. Black belt level three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> can, I'm in. Can I, can I share? Uh, can I share the screen? Dude, do whatever you want. Let him share. Johnny, let him share. Johnny doesn't want to let on, you share. Johnny, Johnny let him Come share. On, I won't do nothing weird. Come on, dude. Share. We've Gosh. had some weird experiences with skin sharing, right, Johnny? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that, Jersey? <laughs> Fall off yeah. a dick pic or something? No, yeah. no. should be good. Now. I'm not. I, I, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, can you guys? Can yep. you guys see this? Yes. Yes. The Edinburgh Secret Society. Ha ha ha. It's secret, but it's not really secret. Yeah, right. It's like, who has an article that opens up? Our secret society welcomes you. Yeah, and, 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 and so it is all just fun and games. The masks, the shh. And it says, uh, here it says, past evenings, we've done performances of magic, experiments into fear, investigations, attempts to contact spirits and summon the devil. Ha, 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 ha. None of that's true. We're all atheists. So why am I bringing this up? So Carolyn Watt, who I was just telling you about, who is this kind of controlled opposition, who, back to the Stockholm Syndrome, our friend, who I greatly admire, Bruce Grayson, cannot see as truly part of the, part of the enemy, She's totally connected to the Edinburgh Secret Society through her bow, through her partner, you know, UK kind of thing. Richard Wiseman, 
who is the guy who set it up? Who is the, the kind of the head public psychologist and chief, chief skeptic, just outwardly skeptical kind of guy, skeptical of all zero kind of stuff, skeptical that you are more than a biological robot in a meaningless universe. No, 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 no. Can't be all that stuff. You are just a meaningless. Get on with it. You know, get on your Black Friday, get your credit card out because that's all there is to life. Yeah, <laughs> that's. That's who it is. That's who she's connected to, is that guy. And I love how that's another spin, right? It's like inside of the academic, intellectual community, they all have to be atheists, right? But the way they get around is they say, ha, 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 come where, come sign your soul away to the devil because it's all just make-believe. Ha, 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 come do our occult practices because they're just a joke. Ha, ha, ha. And again, you know, from the beginning, we can get back to Jay. I'm not a Christian. I think I think the Christians are complicit in this shit on the other side of it, in the other side of the evil fear thing of just giving you another false kind of narrative. You don't need it's what stands between you and that higher spirit. Zero. Nothing. Nothing. Connect. Disintermediation. Yes. It's not necessary. So anyone who tells you otherwise, anyone who tells you you got to wear the mask like the Edinburgh Secret Society, or you got to ma- wear the mask like these other people are telling you, or you know, <laughs> you got to do these occult rituals with uh, our man Alistair Crowley, you know, and that's the way that's the way I'll you're going to get there. That guy, but dude. that is no different than what you know. You have a genuine spiritual experience, and there's your Christian brother going, "Hold, hold on, bro. Let me tell you what that means and how to really do it." You go, "Wait a minute. I just had. I just talked." I just connected with Christ consciousness. I don't. Oh, yes, you do need it because if you're not careful, yeah. you know. It's so, what I've been talking about. It's like I keep hearing how America has lost God. I go, I don't think America's lost God. Everybody I meet is getting more and more spiritual by the day. What we've lost is uh, 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 organized religion, and be, and this movement to demonize religion and spirituality and i am telling you it is done purposefully because who have we had it i who's been doing it catholic church right you see a lot of catholic church and what their whole role in pushing this dark arts saturn worship bullshit and they disguise as uh, an offshoot of christianity man and it's like, you definitely see it. There's Judaism, too. There's a lot of that stuff going and being pushed by the powers that be in Judaism and Islam. I mean, like, there's every one of these religions has a pedo problem, okay? But the, the spirituality of that religion does not because it is nothing but a paradigm. It is the per- like a gun itself is nothing. It's a weight holder, right? It's that's all it is, man. You just set on the you have a piece of paper, you put a gun on it, that piece of paper ain't gonna go anywhere. It's a paperweight. That's all it is. It's the person grabbing and shooting it with intention that's the problem. It's the same thing with religion, dude. It's like it's like religion doesn't have a pedophile problem. Fucking holy men have a problem a pedophile problem. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, and that's what I'm getting into. It's like, you know, we're seeing a lot of this positioning of people within you know, the conspiracy community, the hatred of gays. You see the, a lot of homophobia because they go, oh, look, this guy's secretly gay. That guy's secretly gay. Well, I'm telling you, they position these people to do that so that they like, are these people in this position because they're gay? Well, it could be because they're closeted gay, but they're not evil because they're gay. Right. Do you understand the difference between that? Being gay doesn't make them evil. Being 
being blackmailed because they're closeted gay <laughs> and they're put in a position makes them set up to be what? Pieces of shit. They're not evil because they're gay. They're evil because they're pieces of shit, okay? <laughs> they just happen to be gay. That's all I'm saying. And because you keep putting out the stuff about homo shit, it's like you push a lot of people back into the closet, man. That's also what modern this, mod, this movement that we're in right now has done. It's made it so that nothing matters more than your identity. Identity first. You know right. What your label is. Then your character is secondary to that. We just saw it on SNL. The bug breaking. Oh, yeah, That's, dude. That was it. I mean, like, look at that right there. They are buck breaking that guy. And then you're telling me, like, oh, let the kid. It's, a, it's unbelievable. And what, what, what the Nazis did with Jews is what the, these powerful people are doing with trans. They're just making them the boogeyman. Because the problem isn't trans. There's a level to that shit, and I'll tell you what it is. Pedophiles. But they don't want you being mad at pedophiles. They want you looking at trans or trying to come for your kids. Pedophiles are trying to come for your kids. It's, it's, it's universal. It's like, a pedophile might be a trans person at that moment. But there's a lot of trans that don't want to do that. Do you understand the layers to this shit? And it's done purposefully, so there's a boogeyman between you and who's really the problem is, which is dark arts and cultists. You know, when we take a look at, like, uh, Epstein, they want to make that thing like it's a Jewish thing. Yes, he was involved with Mossad, but when you watch this guy walk around, it's all occult symbolism everywhere. But he doesn't come out and tell you, hey, man, I'm in the Saturn worship. What does he say? I love being Jewish because he can walk around with that. Did you just see what they did to Jordan Peterson? Uh, they made him the skull. He's a Nazi. Oh, that's yeah. the same thing as you're just making something way worse. He's not a fucking Nazi. Oh, that's the whole thing now. It's like now. Now. I mean, dude, every day you go on ESPN. Somebody's crying about racism. Somebody's crying about sexual assault. Somebody's crying about this. None of them are going to the cops, by the way. If they got sexual, nobody goes to the cops. It's straight to the media. So what you do is you empower the un uneducated. To have an emotional response to something. And that anybody can react any way. Look at Minnesota. They're like this cop thing again. They, do you know what they did? Did they protest? No, they just ran somewhere and ripped off a store. Why? Because they wanted to rip off a store. You didn't hear what happened with the mayor? The mayor said that she, had a, she needed a due process. I mean, the sheriff said that. The mayor fired the sheriff. Yeah. And let that. me tell you something. They all they all wanted to defund. Again, we're getting back to cops here, right? Yeah. Good. Oh, what, where were we defending? All I'm saying is they wanted to fund the cops. Guess what? They upped their fucking budget for their private security. But you don't look at that because you're too busy to be in a blind rage. It's like, dude, when you start realizing that it's not groups, you got to judge individuals, okay? And that individual does not represent the group. When you start doing that, shit gets a lot easier because you know what that is? The opposite of identity politics. And when you get away with that, and when you, when you go to understand that most human beings are good people, but there are some psychopaths out there that will do anything, including selling out their own for a dollar. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. The time again, going back to these closeted people, they're not bad people because they're gay, they're bad people because they're fucking scumbags who will sell out their own for a dollar. Well, you know, let me let me come back to the occult stuff for a second because you brought it up there and you brought it up a couple times. And you know, Jay, I mean, first of all, let me back up. 
you know, I was kind of hammering on the Christian thing. Hats off to Jay for, you know, really exposing, spitting a lot of truth on that stuff. But uh, I thought you would find this interesting. This is another another field report from the Zero Cult. Okay. And, and that is like, how do we know? You know, how do we know what shit's real? It's all so confusing and this and that. So my thing has always been uh, science. Not that science is perfect, as we just talked about. It's all messed up. But the idea, the spirit, you know, of scientific method of prove it, falsify it, you know, test it. So there's this guy. Love this guy. And I'm so excited because he's coming back on the show. His name is Dr. Jeff Long. He's a radiation oncologist. Some people are uncomfortable with that because he's a cancer doctor who uses radiation. But he's a good guy i mean so i, I don't know he, he's a farm boy in iowa studying to be a doctor he's in med school and he starts running across these cases of again near-death experience and the reason i think near-death experience with doctors is so cool is because in some ways doctors are cleaner at the science than a lot of other people because they do, they have gotten into it just to kind of help people. They have a, they have a metric, you know, did the person get better? Or did they die kind of thing? That's, that's a decent metric, you know. Anyways, he's into near-death experience. He goes on, becomes a radiation oncologist. He has a super successful practice down outside of Louisiana, full-time still, you know, well-respected, all that. But he can't let go of this near-death experience, just like Grayson. Once these guys see it, they're honest as Johnny was saying, they're honest brokers of the truth. They go, hey, if this is happening, I need to know about it. I need to tell people about it. He has now compiled the largest database of near-death experience accounts that have been reviewed by a medical doctor. He did a scientific survey, you know, where the questions kind of can trick you if you really are faking. And then he's reviewed them to see if they're medically sound, if the thing sounds like it's legit. And then he has a lot of controls built in. All that is to say that his database is solid. It's not fake. It's not all manufactured. So check this out. Go to the database and search for Alistair Crowley, search for do what thou wilt, search for uh, Baphomet, search for all the kind of crazy shit. You won't find it. How many? How many? Zero. How many? Now go search for light, love, uh, you know, forgiveness, compassion. And these people aren't making the shit up. And you can even go search for ET and UFOs. You'll find Jesus? some of those in there. So it's not like the database has been scrubbed to have some kind of religious. Go search for religion and, and it'll come back and say, hey, there's no Christianity, the primacy of Christianity. No, there's no, you know. Oh, hold on, hold on, because this is in conflict. of Well, the other one was uh, uh, alien alien abductions. And I want it on the record. I had a great time on the episode. This is nothing against them at all. But they talk about how all these alien abductions, uh, everyone comes back, no matter what is your religion or whatever, Islam, Judea, whatever, comes back as Jesus Christ. Was there anything with that? In, in, the in- opposite. The opposite is, is actually true. And again, here is the useful thing about this database is it truly is a database, like 4,000 accounts now. And like when Jeff Long comes on the show, like, again, that's what I always go. I go methodology. How is the database compiled? What's in the database? What's left out? What should we be looking for that makes you think that it's reliable? Exactly the opposite of what you're saying. So you go look at religiosity 
curiosity, how religious someone was before they had a near-death experience and after they had a near-death experience. It goes down dramatically, statistically, right? They say, I'm not afraid of death. I understand there is this moral light God, for lack of a better term. That's the number one thing that comes through, whether you like it or not. They say, I understand there's more. You know, I understand there's greater. But as far as it being exclusively Jesus, no. It just Now, some people do come through and say, yeah, it sure looked like Jesus to me. But overwhelmingly, again, that's why I like science. You just look at the overall data. So there's a lot of different experiences people are having, but overall, no, that's not less what you said at the beginning, spiritual, but not religious. People come back, they're less religious, but they're more spiritual. And the biggest thing is no fear of death. They come back and they go, well, one thing's for sure. I'm not afraid. That was just, it was like going home. It was like the most, I can't even describe it, but I'll try and describe it. It was like all encompassing, you know, Forgiveness, but within that realm of forgiveness, I was asked to judge myself. I was asked to look how I did down here, and then that was a bitch because I wasn't always at my best, and all everything that was around me was telling me, it's okay, Sam, you, you, you know, you did the best you could. But you as Sam are going, oh, my God, how could I have done that? But it's your soul. It's your soul experiencing the judgment on yourself. That's what comes. That's not me making that up, man. That's just the data. What's that resource called again? You can search NDE. Where do you go? What website? RF, Research Foundation. So it's N-D-E-R-F. And you can go to Google and just say N-D-E-R-F and then go Baphomet. See if he comes up. Maybe he's up there. Maybe I missed it. No, he ain't there. Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. Golden Dawn. All that crazy shit. All that bullshit. Aleister Crowley. It ain't there. Zero, zero accounts of people coming back and say, yeah, I had a near-death experience. I came back and they said, yeah, just grab all the shit you can because you know what? Do what thou wilt, man. And, you know, sex, man, whatever you do, get on over people. You know, that's okay. No accounts I couldn't agree more, dude. I wonder what Jesus looked like. I wonder if it was like, I saw Jesus. He looked Chinese and loved death metal. Like, that'd be great, right? Just Jesus <laughs> with a fucking Van Halen guitar fucking shredding, dude. Yo, Sam, they're at 4,907. Yeah. You can literally, the last one we posted was two days ago. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Alex, having conversations with you, having conversations with people on Zero about after death, my life is completely different. And, you know, big thing is... Uh, Mine, too. You know, when, when uh, you know, you talk to people and they talk about seeing the same, you know, you meet up with people over... You almost have a crew you run with through these dimensions and these times. And, you know, when you have kids, you start... I mean, when you have kids, there is a clock... In which you will, until you say goodbye to them. Some of us get long, some of us get short. But that is, there comes a moment when you think, oh man, I love these kids so much. And there will be a time where I have to say goodbye to them. And like that, that's a very heavy moment, man. It's a very heavy moment. But when you talk to these people who have had these things, they're like, no man, you, you meet the same people over and over again. 
So these two little munchkins that I see staring at me right now, it's like, I'll meet them again. Maybe they'll be my dad. Maybe they'll be my mom. Maybe we'll be brother. Whatever that relationship is, you meet these people over and over and over again. And for me, that's love, dude. You know, that's for me, that's love. And that is, uh, that's such an amazing feeling to be. Because when they were born, dude, I was 47 years old. And when I met them, I'm like, I've known these people my whole life. My whole life. And then you try to remember a time that they were not in your life. And you're, it, it's like, have you ever thought about uh, infinity with your head? You ever gone, I'm going to think about infinity. And oh. your brain just goes, nope, oh, nope, 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 nope. Right. It's we just go. as difficult, though. And I think this is interesting. It's just as difficult to conceptualize as as dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you think about not existing, it's, it's just as difficult to comprehend as infinity. Well, you know, it's like they say you go back to when you, you know, there was a saying, oh, you go back to when you weren't before you were born. Yeah, I go, me, I but for me, I think it's like, I think. We just live in, you know, it's just like we go back, we become one with the universe again. Then when we're bored, we're like, let's go back down. And we pick a dimension that we like and we go to that dimension and, you know, and whatever, you know, you come down. And, and you know, I, here's another. So when I, when I say black belt, right, in something, for me, it's like I can have a conversation with somebody and not necessarily have to believe it. But I, I don't have an emotional like, oh, come on, dude. That's stupid. No, I'm like, okay, I, okay, not my thing, but I, welcome, you know. And I have had people on the show like that, and I, they're all welcome back again, except for that UFO guy. Hey, but, Everybody <laughs> else, welcome back. You know, hey, but you, before that, before this show, weren't you like that? I used to argue with people with a lot of shit. Yeah, like over anything. If you didn't believe in 911, I had to sit there and be like, no. Instead of now, I'm just like, <laughs> all right, then whatever. If you care, that's my podcast. If not, go fuck yourself. And Eddie Bravo was was really into that before. It was like. How, about six months before the election, he's like, if you don't see what's going on, and I'm not saying that within politics, but it's like, take that away from politics, just put it into life. If you don't see what's going on, I can't really help you. And the biggest thing for me is like, I do not want to live in a world where I only talk to people I agree with. That seems incredibly boring. And well, if you did, you'd still believe what you did when you, know, when you were 20. Right? You know I mean, I mean, you I mean you like, evolve at all. We just you just got plant little seeds and hopefully someday they come around. But you know what? I'll go to a Dodger game with somebody who thinks you know Joe Biden is here to save us. I'd love to see the Dodgers with <laughs> Good them. Good luck going to see the Dodgers without your vaccine passport. I, well, that's oh. true. But you know, hey, I'll Wait watch up. from afar, dude. I'll watch from afar. That for real? What? No, I don't know. But I know Who that. Um, who just said there's a football? I think the yeah. Bills are now doing yeah. it. We got here. Like does that? Please. Explain that to me. But that's a different show, and I don't want to get into that because I want to get into some more black belt conversations. Here's a weird thought that I have, and I really trust my instincts, man. You know? It's like, what if what if death comes early to some people because they achieved what they were here to learn? Uh, story for you. Uh, field report. Field report. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, my girl, love Leslie Kane. Um, she is uh, wrote the definitive book on UFOs, uh, generals, politicians, something go on the record. Ten years ago she did. And then she got into after death things. She has, you know, Netflix. We've all given up on Netflix. There's one thing to watch on Netflix. She has a, a, a series on Netflix, Surviving Death, Best 
thing I've seen done on that. I will watch it. it have you seen it? Have you no, I haven't, it? but I'm going to watch it. If you say watch it, I'll check it out. So here, here's here's one of Leslie's stories from, uh, not story. This ain't a story. Shit. This is like, well, this is real. <laughs> like all the rest of the shit we hear is stories. This is real. This is the parent thing, man. So this is going to be hard. Hard. There's this woman, she says, hey, she's a, she's a, 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 a doctor, like very accomplished doctor. I forget what thing. She likes to kayak. She's kayaking in Central America. And she's like one of these, you know, adrenaline freaks that kayaking is what it is for you and me. You know, she's doing, she is uh, pulled under and goes under for 20 minutes. She is totally dead, 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 um, flat lines and all this thing. <clears throat> Has an amazing near-death experience that totally transforms her, changes her life, sees the the divinity in life and all this light. But Sam, she's stepping back out of it, and they go, oh, one thing you you should know, your son's going to die at a young age. He's going to die in 10 years. Now, one, don't tell me how that fits into any uh, understanding that you or I have about what it's supposed to be in the afterlife. I mean, it totally blows away everything you think you know of light and love and all that. But that's what. So imagine as a parent now, like you're looking at your kid. You know, this is the most uh, amazing experience of your life. It's transformationally, spiritually transformational. But now you'd be looking at your kid going, whoa, whoa, you know, so. She lived with this burden for 10 years, and she's like, wow, you know, you know, maybe it's wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. She's second-guessing. So 10 years pass, oh and my she's like, God. Oh. one month later, the kid walks out in the street and gets hit by a car. Oh, my instantly. God, dude. And she talks about it in a, with as someone who's made peace with the fact that we don't know what the we we are not meant to make sense totally of it. We're just feeling our way through it. You know what I mean? Oh so no God. no to the occult stuff. No to do what thou wilt. Nah, probably not right. Yes, probably to light and love. But beyond that, telling me my kid's gonna die in ten years. Where where is that? What is that? But this is what you said. This is what did you just say about, you know, some people, some kids, you know, that that's what they're given. You know, that's what if that, you know, it's like you go back to Amy uh, Bell Ayers amazing uh, interview we had on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she talked about the Akashic record and she talked about, you know, she lost she was she's a midwife. And she lost her baby, and it really, really affected her. And she, uh, she through some sort of, uh, I don't know how she did, but she was able to, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, attach to the Akashic record. I'm not getting the right word. She was able to to basically access. There we go. The Akashic record and talk to her son, and he was like. I was in World War One with your your husband, and it was so bad I killed myself, and I live with that burden. So I wanted to have, uh, you know, I needed to come back and take my death out of my hands and have somebody basically do it for me. And I knew your husband would do it if I he needed to, 
And that's what happened. And it's like, so that's why I go back. So, you know, if something, I, I listen, man, I know that's a very hard thing to hear. And I'm not, and like, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I'm not here to wish it. But, but if there's a way to look at it, go, okay, they were with us for a short time. Then nobody, they're no longer with us. But the universe, they have achieved what they came here for. They came here to learn a certain lesson. And that's why they're no longer with us. I don't know why, but that gives me a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, faith in like where we are and what, what the madness of 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 young people passing away, losing people we love that were just such good people. You know, it just kind of takes away a little bit of the sadness that can consume you and have you just destroy your life. If you like, hey man, they are here. There's they- no need because there's no need for that either, right? Right. There's no need. There's no need for it to destroy your life. Grief is is real and stuff like that. But I mean, I think that's the other side of this information. If you just take it from a kind of dorky scientific basis, which is the way I like to do it, not get too close to it, not get too emotional with it. But at the same time, you know, it's touching your heart. But that's the other thing is to say. You know, what are you wasting your time with grief for? Yeah, you got it. You know, you should feel it. But look at the bigger picture. Is it really, you know, maybe there's something a little bit more going on. I mean, that's the message I take away. I don't know. I don't want to challenge anyone. Anyone who's going through grief, experiencing that. Yes. You know, I don't know. That's their thing. It's like, how do you look at the cup half empty, half full, you know, and it. And like, I make no, I am not trying to tell you how to grieve or, or or that you shouldn't feel sad about your loss. Please understand that. What I'm telling you is like, maybe, maybe they just came here and they learned what they had to do and they, they were ready to move to the other side. And like, for me, it's like, and if you do believe what all these, a lot of people in, in after death experiences say, you meet the, and multiple lives say you meet the same people over and over again. If you are crew, you will click with your crew again. And that to me really like helps me get through all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, like there is a movement by these low frequency beings out there to steal your loose and bombard you all the time on, you know, um, you know, what's happening on Twitter? Bad news, bad news, bad news. Like, let's go to ESPN right now. Let's just take a moment and go to ESPN and take a look at what ESPN is telling you about here. Let's go into this. Here we go. Let's go. Lawyer files assault against Rams Donald. Violence. Okay. Now we got ESPN mad at a female MMA fighter for anti-communist remarks. Really? That's amazing. Madoff is dead. Right? It's just like, and then there's like the Watson thing. And then there was a woman in, um... In the this new league, this woman's soccer league, she's faced racism from a security guard. It's like, do you see what they're doing, dude? Rose Namajunas defending her anti-communism remarks. Like, how crazy is that that ESPN is blatantly going, meanie saying mean things about communism. We, d- d- Hey, Disney, we see what you're doing here. You're, it's like, I know, I know you think we won't pull our out. ESPN is hemorrhaging. They're losing money on all this. And Adam Silver is like, he's going to, dude, the NBA is going to make more money than ever. Not because people are watching, because people like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon want to have live games on their streaming services. So it's not that you're doing well. It's just you're at the right place at the right time. 
But no one's gonna watch it. This was the first year you didn't want. You weren't really into the playoffs. It was just and it was just all BLM. It was just you had to watch the game and not watch the. the yeah, middle, I mean, at the, the end of the day, it's just like I am into my teams now. I, Major League Baseball is hot garbage. Hot garbage. I mean, when you understand what your demographic is, which is what older white males, which you've deem it, which you're like, oh, we got a problem. It's so interesting. Major League Baseball is like, we have to get the youth. Why do you want the youth? Oh, because they buy stuff, but also you want to hook them for life. But you already have these guys who are older for life. And now you're pulling out this league. You're taking your all-star game, which nobody watches, by the way, (laughs) which is yet another useless sacrifice, right? Nobody watches Major League Baseball all-star game. the home run derby. That's it. And you're moving into where? Colorado. That has, you have to have an ID to vote. You're, you're not allowed to give people in line any food or drink, which is a crazy-ass law, which isn't even in the Georgia law. By the way, the ratings on that are going to be in the toilet. Dude, Nobody's I, can, you, watching that. can you have negative ratings? Yeah, nobody <laughs> will be watching that this year. I mean, baseball is such an, a, 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 an older person sport because of the beauty of it. And you have to be okay with understanding the little things that go into it. It's not fucking X Games. And it's not the UFC, which young people like because it's action. It's a thinking man sport. And you've just insulted your entire base who listens to that. Michael Jordan had it right. Republicans buy shoes, too. It's like Democrat, Republican. Dude, you guys got to get like restaurants. The customer's always right. I hated that as a waiter, but now as an older person, I totally understand that. I have the right to spend my money and spend my attention on what I want. And you're telling me, go fuck yourself. And it's all part of the louche. It's stealing your louche. I turn off ESPN now. I don't. I can't watch it except for if Dodgers or the Clippers are playing. That's it. I can't watch your shit. Well, let me uh, let me uh, let me kind of give a different perspective on this. one one more uh, <laughs> one more report. Okay, I'm loving it. One more cult, one more field report from the zero cult. Because I, I'm I'm very I'm very intrigued and have a lot of thoughts about a lot of the stuff you said, and and I guess I preface it for you know one of the things I'm on to I'm on lately is this idea that. We all live rich spiritual lives. We all do. So, uh, you know, Damian Eccles, West Memphis, he's still, he's living a rich spiritual life, good or bad. You know, all these people doing this horrible, horrible stuff, they are still waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning with the same kind of questions, you know, like, what about the ones that I love? What about my soul? What about? It's just true. It just has to be true. They're not different. They're not different than we are. So the the field report was another guy I interviewed. Really, really like this guy. And this is another Stockholm syndrome thing because I love this guy. But he's so trapped in academia. You just have to you have to read what he produces and kind of pull up on sometimes the way he has to is forced to interpret it because he's. I've got the handcuffs of Oxford, you know. Oxford's pretty, uh, pretty black box. His name is Dr. Gregory Shushan. So the reason I think 
a lot of this near-death experience stuff is, I told you why I think it's so important, but it gets zero play. Like, that was the thing with Carolyn Watt. Whenever something pops up, it immediately gets, see, and, and that's the thing I was saying before. It's like, we get that. Because we understand, oh, so your near-death experience study was deplatformed. I get it. It was demonetized. I understand. It was shadow banned. I get it. These guys don't. They're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know what what happened. You know, yeah. I put it through, and it it didn't it didn't take off like this other one that they didn't even do anything. Anyways, I digress. Gregory Shishan's this nerdy guy, Oxford. He's not nerdy, but you know, I mean, he's pretty. Very narrowly focused on his kind of thing. Cross-culture, cross-time, near-death experience. So he's out looking for near-death experience accounts that are 500 years old and are reported in Oceania, you know, in the Tongo or in South America or in some native tribe out on the Plains Indians. And that's what he's collecting. And the reason he's doing it is it's really, really smart. When you go cross culture and you go cross time over a long period of time, you kind of sift out a lot of the crap that we're in the middle of, you know, so you're going on the the ESPN thing. I totally get all that stuff you're saying, but we get caught up in that, you know, and then when somebody jumps out of that and goes, well, let's look at it from a thousand year perspective. You're like, whoa, yeah, let's look at it. Let's look at it across all these cultures that never even heard of Jesus. You know I mean? That was like, it wasn't even. So what does he find? What he finds is the same shit is coming up again and again, which is a really, really powerful confirmation of it. And the other thing he finds, back to this religious thing, he finds that the the shamans of these groups that really were honest, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, like, uh, you know, John is a little bit about the, you know, truth brokers. Because when you, when you go study the shamans, there's good shamans, there's bad shamans. Oh, yeah. Like I told you last time, there's the shaman who says, hey, man, I just talked to the spirits. And you know what? I need to hook up with your wife. That's the spirits. <laughs> The spirits want me to bang your wife while we make eye contact, dog. They said if that happens the next hunt, you are going to, you're going to kill it, man. (laughs) But he said the shamans who are legit, these near-death experiences that people had in these primitive, can't call them primitive, that's a stupid word, but in these cultures... That became the basis for what they believed about the afterlife. And he has uh, some accounts there that are incredible where a guy comes back, you know, he's out and he gets hit by a tree and he dies or whatever. And he comes back and he says, yeah, this is what happened. There's this, you know, all our past brothers were there and they met me and I was like this and it said this. And if the tribe had he found this in a lot of cases if the tribe had one belief system and this guy came back and they all felt like hey you know he's speaking the truth then they changed they said that is the truth we have to go with that that is the truth and they would change their beliefs to 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 go in that direction i think that's because, you know, like, I, I, I maybe I get obsessive about digging into this stuff from a bunch of angles because I want to be I need to keep proving it to myself because we're all forced against this wall of bullshit disinformation that we get that tells us this stuff couldn't possibly be true. So 
I get a little, I guess, a tiny bit obsessive about wanting to find the science, wanting to find the guy who's really done the best research so I can sit back and go, yeah, you know, that is the truth. That's what's up. It ain't do what thou wilt. It's, it's I love zero, it, man. dude. I love it. And one thing I definitely believe is like the truth will set you free, but the truth is never set free, right? Ever. It because, and it, dude, just based on what you're telling me, it is shadow banned, shadow banned, shadow banned, shadow banned, dude. And you know, it's like my YouTube channel used to get huge views and now it gets nothing. I have friends I know that get millions of views on their comedy specials. Mine got 50,000. And not saying I'm the biggest comic ever, but these guys, they're on my level. You know, and I, they're getting millions of views. I'm getting 50,000. And I'm just like, okay, man. And like people who were at my special was like, that's one of the best things they've ever seen. And I, I, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody, but I'm super proud of my specials. It took me a long time to write those materials. Tell now, them where they can find it. I mean, now uh, they're about to be on <laughs> samtriplee.com. And I'm going to take them off of YouTube. And put them on. And, you know, and to be honest with you guys, thank you so much. You know, the, the website's brand new. I already got a video. It's got 2,000 views on it. I'll take that, dude. I'll take 2,000 views on Sam Tripoli versus 100,000 views on YouTube because that's people who came to see me. It's like why I talk about regardless of I love Joe Rogan. I know some people might be. Rah, 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 rah. It's that's your thing. I, the dude's done, done so much to me. I can never I can never hate him. But I'm going to tell you, man. I would tell you that the Joe Rogan experience is infinitely more powerful than the Johnny Carson show because Johnny was only one of three options and you had to watch something. You have to go and find Joe Rogan, hit play, and want to listen to that. That is destiny. And now you That's really destination have to go find entertainment. <laughs> what? And now you really have to go find it. Yeah. They were like, yeah. not on YouTube. Let's get him out of here. And dude, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, and you, you got to wonder what that uh, if that's not an inside it, move, yeah, an inside move. Know, yeah, let's get exactly. him off here. Let's I mean, get him off. What's a hundred? What's one hundred and twenty million to take a guy off the off the game board? I think it's even more than that. I have no clue what the actual number is, but based on how big that is, I think he got even more than that. But that's his business, and you know, it's like that's his game, dude. It's like you know, he did it for a while. He's no, still doing good. it. God bless him, no, dude. You, you know, one of the things you said there, I think, is is really uh, important, and I, I love people that have uh, kind of had to. I love some of these old dudes that I talk to who have weathered that kind of storm. I just talked to uh, Whitley Strieber for the second time. He is like OG, you know, first contactee, wrote the book Communion. You know, none of you guys remember that, but it was like the beginning, the first E.T. abduction thing. And he was right in the front and center of that MK Ultra survivor, by the way, really interesting story there. But he's been through the shit that you're talking about been through it over and over and over again. And the, like, for me, you know, what my standard is like when I do an interview with somebody and they go, oh, I just did an interview with Ralph Blumenthal who wrote this book on John Mack and he's a, from the New York Times, you know, best-selling author, you know, he's really got the credentials. He goes, man, that was a really good interview. It's one of the best interviews I had. I said, it's all I need. It's all I need. I just need someone who I respect to say I respect. And then, Everything else, it's like, how else would you measure it? If the people who you respect respect you, that's all there is. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
What was the name of the guy that started his own website for for uh, videos? Ben, um, do you remember what he was on the show, John? Johnny? On this show? Yeah. Ben, you remember he started his own website? For oh, Ben Swan. Ben Swan. Ice, Ice Media. Yeah, yeah Ice. when Ice. Ben Swan's manager was like, this is the best interview that Ben Swan's ever had. And I was like, you know, that made me feel good because I take a lot of pride in that. And as I've gotten older, I've learned to let it go in terms of like trying to steer the ship. And just the interview, each interview, each interview is its is individual, and they have their each interview is done in a style that 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 interview is meant to be. So, I mean, dude, Alex, he came, he saw again. Alex, tell them where they can get your your website. Alex, I don't listen to a podcast, but I think I'm gonna start listening to yours because I love what every time you come on the show, and and talk, I just don't want to be influenced. I I bring a very stand up perspective like i've never watched any of my friends specials you know i bought like if they're like hey i'm selling my special i'll buy it not listen to it just to support them but when that day comes where i'm like i'm done with stand-up the rest of my life will be listening to all my friends stuff just listening to you know but not right now because i like to work freely i do not listen to anybody's act i don't listen to anybody you used to before no, never. Even when you first started, you didn't try to. Like, right get when a I realized bit. that people get mad if you have similar acts, I said, "I'm never going to put myself in that position ever." You know, the only thing I ever did in my life was Pablo Francisco went to me, "Dude, you got to learn how to do stand up. You're super edgy. Do this. Imitate your favorite comic, and then you'll find your way." And that was Richard Pryor. So I started acting out my bit. Pablo Francisco told you to start comedy. No, no, no. Oh. I no, I was it. like yeah. I was doing it super edgy back then when everybody wanted you to be Seinfeld. Oh, okay. so he's like, imit, you know, imitate your favorite comic, which was at that time, you know, you know Richard Pryor. Pryor. So yeah. I started act, which are, for me was state your premise, act out your bits, right? Yeah. And that's what I was doing because I was a young man. I could do physical comedy at that time, and there was comics who were like, "Dude, he's doing." <laughs> they literally go, "He's doing." Pablo Francisco. And I'm like, no, I'm doing Richard Pryor. And then I realized that's what Pablo was doing as well. So, and, you know, so then you become your own fucking person. But I don't watch any. The only time I ever see a comic is if, like, I was at the comic store and I just wanted to see how the comic, if we're, like, if we're both edgy guys, how the crowd is taking their comedy. I'll look in. Or if I was running Comedy Chaos, I would look in to see, hey, is everybody having a good time? You know, or if there's a big name comic, I got to make sure nobody's heckling them. Right. That, those are the only time I watch comedy. And it sucks because I love comedians, but I don't want to be influenced. I don't know what your act is. I don't listen to anybody's act. I purposely do not. And if, you know, if if we have parallel thinking, there's nothing I could do about that. If you're known for the bit, just tell me. Or if it's your closer, I'll stop. If, we, if we're going to perform together, I'll stop performing. But the point is. I'm gonna listen to your fucking podcast, man, because I love your style, dude. You are welcome back anytime. Tell them where they can find you, Alex. Skeptico with a K, two Ks. I love it, dude. You'll how long you been me. doing it? You'll find me if you're meant to be. How how long you been I'm doing sorry, what it? You say, Johnny. Johnny hasn't said anything. Long Johnny's time. drinking Sprite right now. Uh, how long have you been doing your podcast? Man, a long time. I mean, I, you know, it's funny, all, all those things you're saying, but I, kind of, I, I didn't know how else to do this shit. I wanted to know. I just wanted to know the answers. I was 
pretending, you know, I, I was pretending to do this so I could talk to people. That was the, you know, I wanted to know people are writing books. You can't just call them up. So this podcast thing was like, Hey, I'm doing a podcast. I just wanted to know. So I'm listening all the time. I was, and I still do. I listen to a ton of stuff because I want to know, you know, that's my, I don't, I don't do the performance thing so well. And I do turn off a lot of people. I guess I can be kind of opinionated and, uh, but I don't feel like I'm just trying to figure the stuff out. I love being wrong. I love being wrong because then I'm learning something. Yes, you know what I mean, dude. I don't care if and there's nothing wrong with being wrong. There's something wrong with not admitting you are wrong. I'll do I'll, Dude, I'll come back and be like, dude, I got that all wrong. I got that all wrong. You know, I've learned that through recovery, man. Own your shit. There's nothing wrong with that. I, Alex, I, I need to get you on. Um. The Union of the Unwanted, I've been pushing for an after-death experience, so maybe uh, you and I could sit around and think about who would be good guests for that and uh, be, you know, and, and do it on there because I think, I think after-death experiences may be the greatest, uh, most important message that you can hear because it takes off so much pressure in your life. And it takes away so much fear and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. So true. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope to see you guys in in San Diego this weekend at the uh, Fuck House. And then I will see you the following week in Arizona and then Indiana. Indiana. Bro, you're coming to San Diego. You know, I live in San Diego. I'm I'm checking out that show. All right, let me make sure I, I I'll put you on the guest list to come hang out with me, brother. No, I'd no, love no, to see you. No, 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 you have to put me on the guest I'll list. I'll put you I'll on the guest list. In. You're coming as my guest. Up. Stop. You're coming as my guest. I can't have you pay. I love you guys very much. Love you, XG. Johnny, you're okay. We'll do it again soon, guys. Take care. Love you guys. Bye. We, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hacking. Tim foil hacking.